Hi, welcome to my podcast. It's called Past Lives A to Z. This is my third episode, and my name is Douglas Casimiri. I'm an author, speaker, and past life regression facilitator. If you ever had an interest in past lives or reincarnation, then you've come to the right place. Sit back and listen. You definitely won't be disappointed. I'll be sharing with you true past life stories of individuals. I invite your questions, and we'll answer them on the podcast. My email address is Doug at PauseWithPastLife.com. My website is PauseWithPastLife.com. My goal of my podcast is to expand your understanding of the spiritual universe, how it works, and how our past lives affect our present life. First, before we get started, I want to read to you a daily message from my book, Live Your Life in Awe. It's a calendar book with 365 simple messages of wisdom. The goal is to read one message each day. The message will have a different meaning to different people. Some will have a profound impact on the way they look at life. My message of the day is, the only way we create stress or anger in ourselves is by ourselves. Last episode, we talked about karma. and the last episode I said that I would bring to you the 12 laws of karma and that's what we're going to talk about now is the 12 laws of karma. The first one is the great law. As you sow, so shall you reap. The cause, the law of cause and effect. Whatever we put into the universe is what comes back. We want what we want, our happiness, peace, love and friendship and we should be happy, peaceful, and loving true friends. The next law is the law of creation. Our life goals do not just happen. We have to visualize them, make an effort. Whatever and whoever we allow around us, and the idea of our inter- it'll give us an idea of our intermental state. Surround yourself with people, places, or things that you want to have present in your life. Next, the law of humility. Accept life as it is, not as you want it to be. If what we see in life is entirely negative, then that is all we will see. If what we see in life is entirely positive, then that is all we'll see. We have the choice of what we want to see in life. The next law, the law of growth. To grow in spirit, it is up to us to change. Not the people, places, or things that surround us. The only given we have in life is ourselves. That is the only thing we have control over. When we want change, who we are in our hearts, our lives follow suit and change along with our hearts. So it's up to us to change us. We can't change anybody else. The law of responsibility. Whenever there are problems in our lives, In some way, we have caused these problems to appear. We will become who and what surrounds us. That's the universal truth. We must take full responsibility for what happens in our lives. No excuses. The law of connection. Each step leads us to the next step and so on. Someone must do the initial work to get the job done. Neither the first step nor the last step is of greater importance. 
Both were needed to finish the task. Past, present, and future are all connected. The Law of Focus We cannot give our full attention to two things at the same time. When our thoughts are on spiritual values, it is impossible to have thoughts of greed, anger, criticism, or judgment. The Law of Giving Give without thought of receiving something in return. It will turn to you full time. The Law of Here and Now Looking back to the past and thinking of how it was prevents us from moving forward and being totally in the here and now. Old thoughts and old patterns of behavior prevent us from having new ones. The Law of Change History will continue to repeat itself until we learn the lessons. Then we must change direction and find a new path. The Law of Patience and Reward All rewards require initial thought and work. All rewards of lasting value require, require patience and persistence. True happiness comes when we are doing what we are supposed to do. Doing and waiting for the reward on its own time, without force. Anything we try and force will not stand the test of time. The Law of Significance and Inspiration We will receive back the amount of energy, time, and effort we have put into a project. Large input, large return. The true value of something is a direct result of the time and energy that was put into it. Every contribution is also a contribution to the whole. Remember, we have no control over what other people do or think. Everyone is on their own path. Do not judge, as they are following their own destinies. Now to my stories. I'm going to call this one Another Power of Suggestion. A man came to see me for past life regression. I asked him why he had, why he had come. And he told me he felt like he was dead. He had no interest in anything and just went through the motions of life. After I placed him in a relaxed state, I directed him to the source of the experience for feeling dead. He recalled an automobile accident he was been in a few years before. He was also able to describe the accident scene from outside his body, which was lying on the highway beside his destroyed car. Two people walked up to him while standing over him. One said to the other, this person is dead. This comment at the scene had taught him to feel like he was dead. As I stated earlier, the unconscious mind works literally, does not know right from wrong, and always tries to follow what it perceives as instruction. In this case, my client had recorded the bystander's comment as an instruction. We were able to quickly write the situation by recalling the scene again and re-recording a positive statement about what had really happened. My next story is about choosing abusive men. A woman came for past life regression to find out why she was following a pattern of choosing abusive men. She had been married multiple times to abusive men. This woman also engaged to another man whose behavior was similar to those of his previous abusive husbands. She had to know why she was attracted to these type of men. She didn't want to make the same mistake with the man she was seeing now. 
After relaxing guided meditation, I asked her to go back to where this habit of choosing use of men started. The next thing we knew, she was in a crib, maybe one and a half years old. It had startled, started at this time in her life, when she was a baby. I asked her to look around and describe where she was and what she was experiencing. She answered, I'm alone. There's a party in the next room. I hear laughing and noisy people. There's someone coming into my room. Oh, do not, not let it be my dad. She did not describe in detail what happened next, but the event clearly involved her father's molestation of her when she was a baby. I then directed her to look through her life up to now and determine if this infant molestation incident had influenced her later in life. She too took a few seconds and realized, I've always picked a man who is so bad that he makes my father look good. This case shows you how subconscious minds control and direct behavior at very deep levels. In this case, the woman had a strong need to be loved and to be loved by her father. In order to make him appear to be a good father, she created situations with other men who were guilty of far worse. I don't know how far worse it could be than what her father did to her, but anyway, the unconscious mind works in strange ways to meet strong emotional needs, such as the need for parental love. My next story is going to be a little bit different because I'm going to take you through a regression basically from start to finish with me with me asking the questions and you'll see how sometimes we get these results. This regression is from one of my clients. Of course, the name and country of origin have been changed to protect his privacy. I'll give you a little background information on this case. The person involved had immigrated from another country. His wife said he had wanted to come to the United States because he had this overwhelming interest in the American Civil War. Every time they had come, time and time again, all her husband had wanted to do was to find Civil War morbilia. To say her husband was obsessed with the Civil War would be putting it mildly. Surprisingly, though, when we went, when he went to many of these sites, my husband would just stand there with a faraway look in his eyes. It seemed to me like his depression became more pronounced after a visit to the Civil War battleground. His wife, whom I will call Lee, said to her husband, who I'll call Tang, he was so excited to get here, but now he is always so depressed. He doesn't even want to get out of bed in the morning. We've gone to different doctors, and the doctors all recommended antidepressants. Lee said her husband had been on them for more than six months now with no improvement whatsoever in his depression. She didn't know what to do anymore. Lee happened to work with someone who knew about past life regression, and our problems we have in this lifetime might not be from this lifetime at all. Lee's co-worker knew and suggested she call me for a chat. Of course, Lee thought her co-worker was a little crazy, but by now she had nothing to lose. Lee called me and we set an appointment for her, for her and her husband to come in. When Tang arrived, he looked like the way the shoulders was on his shoulders. The way the world was on his shoulders, sorry. We talked a little bit about a situation, and I wanted to make sure he felt comfortable with the regression and with me. I always remind people that a regression is nothing more than an exercise in far memory. So I took Tang through some relaxation techniques. And I'll take you where we went down to three, two, one with the countdown. 
And now I told him you're now in a lifetime you have lived previous to this one. I want mentally for you to look out through your eyes and mentally listen with your ears and mentally look down at your feet. What are you wearing on your feet? Tang's response. It looks like boots right now. I'm hiding. Question. From who? Tang. The Billies. Question. Who are the Billies? Tang. The Billy Yanks. The Union Soldiers. Question. Why are you hiding? Tang. They're coming to destroy our town of Marietta. Question. Where is Marietta? Tang. In Florida. Question. Do you know what year it is? Tang. It's 1864. And we're waiting for them to come down our street so we can attack them. We have to stop them. The Yanks kill and destroy everything. They care nothing for life. Question. Why are you fighting? Tang. Their president wants to tax everything we do and ship. It's causing everyone to feel lost with no control over what happens with our lives. We can't allow this to happen. We will have no food or ability to buy anything. Our cotton will rot in the fields. I have to be quiet. They're coming. Question. Remember, Tang. Just think of this as if you're watching a movie. Nothing can hurt you. You are here with me in the here and now. Anytime you want to end the regression, just open your eyes. Tang. I hear gunfire. We're getting close. I'm scared. The Yanks are killers. Question. Is there anyone with you? Tang. Yes. There's my 15-year-old nephew. He's been with me, and I'm trying to protect him as best I can. They're coming up behind you. Question, what's happening now? Tang, the Billies are charging our main street, and they're sneaking up behind us. Fire Sully. Reload, shoot, Sully, run, and follow me. My God, everyone is running and yelling and screaming, the non-stop gunfire. The Billies are burning down all the buildings. Sully, come with me into the church. Take a window. Keep shooting. Don't let them get close to us. It looks like the color troops have finally made our boys give up. We aren't going to give up. Question. Remember, you're just watching a movie. You are safe. Tang. The Yangs are surrounding the church. I smell smoke. I can hardly breathe. Sully, come back. Don't go out there. Sully, come back. I can see him running. It's too late. They shot Sully. God help me. They shot my nephew. They keep shooting him. The smoke is so bad and the heat from the fire. I'm going to have to run for it. I took a last breath, look out the window, and I'm trying to see where the soldiers are. I have to go now. I start running. Nearly got 50 feet. I've been hit. And it's like fire going through my body. The pain. I have collapsed. I'm on the ground. The Yanks are surrounding me. They're kicking me. I'm now lying on my back. One of the Yanks is pulling, putting his rifle to my head. He's saying, die, you great coats come. The last thing I remember is pain in my head, then nothing. Question. Do you remember your name? Tang, yes. It's Jill, Jimmy Brett. Question. Do you remember the date? Yes. September 1864. 
So I suggested to Tang we should do a little homework and see if there was a town called Marianne in Florida and, any of, and if any of these memories could possibly be true. After regression, Tang felt immediately better. He was truly amazed. Tang said he felt light and upbeat. He had never realized all that guilt he was carrying, especially about his nephew, Sully, had been killing him. Tang said he felt very responsible for his death. Tang knows now there was nothing he could have done. Tang said, I guess that's why I'm feeling so comfortable living in the South, because I used to hate the North, and I never knew why. Sometime later, Tang contacted me to let me know there was a town in Marietta. There was a battle there during the Civil War, and to his surprise, a soldier named James Brett was killed there during the battle. Well, needless to say, the question shows you what's it all about. He will not have a regression like Tang's every time. Actually, they are rare, but when you do, it's like winning the lottery. My next story is called Winter Coats. In this case, the wife contacted me. Her name was Sandra. She told me that all her husband did was collect winter coats and boots. Our grads have been turned into a storage unit for all these winter coats. By the way, they live in Florida. She doesn't know where the idea of collecting winter clothes had come from. Her husband, whose name is Jim, has never been out of the state of Florida. He refused to go anywhere where it was cold. This was really upsetting to Sandra because she would have loved to travel, especially Colorado, see those no cop mountains. Sandra finally convinced Jim to come and see me. She warned me that he thought past life regression was a big joke, so I should be ready. You know, I really like when people question everything, because when these types of people have past memories, it's like watching a child open presents on Christmas morning. Excitement, without a question. It changed their lives at that very moment. Absolutely. So, I'm taking Jim back. The countdown to 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. You're now in a lifetime that you have lived before. Mentally look out through your eyes and listen with your ears. Mentally look down at your feet. What are you wearing on your feet? Jim. It looks like an animal of some kind on my feet. Wait. They're fur boots of some sort. Question, where are you? Jim. I'm in the woods trapping and collecting furs to sell to the trading post. Question. Do you know what year it is? Jim. It's 1837. Question. Describe your surroundings. Jim, well, today is a bright and sunny day. The ground is covered with a light snow, and I can see Rocky Mountain peaks in the distance. It feels so warm that I came out to set my trap line. Question, are you married? Jim, sadly to say, I lost my wife and son during childbirth, and now live alone in my cabin. Question, tell me about your cabin. Jim. I built it myself with the help of my wife, Mary. That's when we had some big disagreements. Most of the disagreements were about where to locate our cabin. It was important for me to make sure winter or rainstorms that would come so we wouldn't get flooded. I wanted the cabin to be built on a higher part of the land. Mary wanted to move to where she'd get the most sunlight inside the cabin. Eventually worked it out. We were lucky because our land had some very old trees. The old trees didn't have any limbs, which created knots. The trees were long and straight. We didn't have to do a lot of notching 
to make them fit while building the cabin. Mary would go around to fit, fit in all the joints with bits of rock, sticks, and mud. We have to keep the drafts out in the winter, you know. The hardest part of the building, the cabin, was moving these big rocks to lay the logs on for the foundation. It almost killed me and my horse. Question. Tell me about yourself, Jim. Well, I hunt beaver for, for most of the time. I'm a free trapper. Question. What is a free trapper, Jim? Most trappers work for, for a company. They pretty much work to pay back for the supplies they receive. I'm a free trapper where I can sell my furs to the highest bidder. Nonetheless, beer trapping is almost over. Question. What do you mean almost over, Jim? There are so many trappers, it's become very difficult to find beaver. Now the company is not paying very much anymore for our furs. It's the Hudson Bay Company's fault. Question. How is it the Hudson Bay Company's fault? Jim, they put most of the American fur companies out of business because they would sell us our supplies for a lot cheaper than the American companies. So we'd all take our furs to them. Oh no. Question, what is it? It's starting to snow heavy. I came without my coat and supplies because it was sunny and warm. I cannot see anything. The snow is blinding and I'm getting very cold. Question, what's happening now? Jim, I'm lost. I don't know my way back to the cabin. I can only see a, a foot in front of my face. And it's getting very cold. And it's getting dark. Question. Remember, you're here and now with me. You're safe. Just think of this as you're watching a movie. If you choose to open your eyes and end the regression, you can do that at any time. Jim. I'm getting very tired, cold, and hungry. I have to sit down. Every part of my body is frozen. I can't feel any part of my body. I am so sleepy I can barely keep my eyes open. Question. Where are you now? Jim. I don't know. But it's very peaceful. I'm not cold anymore. Question. What was the last thing you remember? Jim. I remember saying to myself, I'll never forget my coat and gear again. Then Jim's eyes opened and then the regression. Jim's healthy felt great refreshed. Then I said to Jim, so now we know why you collect winter clothing. Jim started to laugh and said, yes, now I know why. About six months later, Jim's wife called and said, let me give, give it away as winter clothing. It was very satisfying when you can help people like the way I helped Jim. You come across this type of regression on a regular basis when someone has some sort of obsession. And what's amazing is that the mind usually will take you directly to the lifetime in which the issue was created. All you have to do is make sure to keep everybody calm and ask open-ended questions. Follow the lead of your client and he or she will lead you to right to the problem. There you can see how his or her past life has affected them in their present life. Again, I would like to invite questions. My email address is doug at positivepastlife.com. My website is positivepastlife.com. On the next broadcast, I'll be sharing stories and also talking more about karma and how it's affecting your present life. I would like to end this podcast with a message of love from my book, Whispers of Love. It is also a calendar book with 365 loving messages that provide the emotional support you and your significant other need to help you stay connected. And my message of the day is, those who love the most say the least. Just a reminder, 
All my books are available at Amazon.com or at your favorite bookstore. Until next time, Douglas Casimir reminding you to stay positive.